welcome to Club Talk, a podcast brought to you by 150 Birds. My name is Sandia. And my name is Dominica, and today we will be your host. For today's episode, we will be talking about MarTech and its future with Scott Brinker, who is the VP of Platform Ecosystem at HubSpot, editor at ChiefMarTech.com, and program chair of MarTech. Make sure to listen until the end to receive great advice into how to make a dent in the MarTech landscape. Also, don't forget to subscribe to join our club. Let's hope into the episode. And well, to tell you a little bit about the, uh, the company that we are working for, a 150 Birds was created with the vision of a future where marketing a, a specialists work with companies relevant to their interests providing a more meaningful work and life balance while making marketing teams accessible to the startups that don't have the enough resources to, to have a marketing team. Mm -hmm. So that's why we, we wanted to contact you because we know that you are a very important person in the marketing technology industry and the founder of 150 Birds has talked us a lot about you so we really are we, we are really excited to get to know about your experience and everything <laughs> oh well thank you I'm, i'm i'm honored it is an interesting space to be sure <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure so well now i will move on to our interview so i will start asking you if you can tell us a little bit about yourself Sure. Uh, so I started really as an entrepreneur, uh, running uh, software businesses and then uh, the early days of the web, like a web consultancy, um, and uh, then ultimately launching a SaaS company that provided a uh, interactive content building app for marketers. And so I've always kind of been at this intersection between marketing and technology. Uh, and it's just been fascinating over the past couple decades, you know, with the rise of the internet, um, there was that initial wave of, oh my goodness, digital marketing, this is something new. But for most companies, it was kind of on the periphery of their, uh, you know, real marketing operations to, yeah, now in the past 10 years, I mean, this has become the primary channel by which companies engage. Uh, so helping to map out that rise and then, um, Yeah, uh, more recently, a few years ago, I joined uh, HubSpot uh, as a VP of Platform Ecosystem because one of the things I'd also realized just in that MarTech space is there's so many companies building so many interesting things, but it's challenging you know, for marketers to figure out, okay, there's all these things we want, but how do we get them to work together? Uh, and so I believe very strongly that you know, companies like HubSpot, you know, Adobe, Salesforce, Oracle, I mean, any of the larger platforms that it's really a responsibility on them to figure out how to help these things connect together. Uh, so uh, yeah, marketing technology, uh, one, one form or another, I uh, seem to spend, uh, spend my days doing nothing but. Yeah. <laughs> And what, what, what do you think uh, was something that drove you towards pursuing that career path? Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, 
So I've always, I, I became an entrepreneur because I really liked the idea of building things that other people would get excited about. Uh, so I was uh, like a teenager. I actually, like my first business, if you will, was like uh, actually building multiplayer games. Uh, I just really enjoyed this idea of like building these games and other people would play them and they'd pay to play them and, you know, um, but it, it's interesting because, um, right, I mean, it, it, it's, it's true in most things in life, you don't just build it and they come, right? You know, building it, you know, there's that next step of like, okay, well, how do you tell the world about this? How do you go to market? Um, and so over the years, I became really fascinated with that side of things. But what's exciting to me about marketing technology is it used to be that other people would build things and then marketers would, okay, well, it's our job to just communicate that, you know, and be through advertisement or, you know, direct marketing or things like that. But with all these technology tools now and these much richer experiences that are being created to engage uh, prospects, um, marketers have become builders too. They're building, you know, these like journeys, they're building these web and mobile experiences, they're building, uh, you know, the, the, even the whole like uh, flow of like how things are managed operationally, uh, you know, from prospect to customer. Uh, and so, yeah, it just, yeah, it's, it's like the perfect combination for me of, you know, all right, the marketing, the technology, and at the end of the day, it's about building things that, you know, matter to people. Amazing. <laughs> and then, uh, how did you come up with the Chief Martech publication? If you can tell us a little bit about, like, what was what uh, kicked you to start with that initiative? Yeah. So, um, right, I, I launched that in 2008. Uh, and from the period of about 1998 to 2005, I'd been running the technology team at this web development company. Uh, and uh, the way in which this would work is our firm would get hired by the marketing department of Fortune 500 companies to help them build out their website. But then as soon as we got hired by the marketing department, it turned out the marketing department there did not actually talk to their own IT department. Um, and since I was the technical guy on, you know, uh, you know, the firm that got hired, it became my job to then go and talk to their IT department for them. And so I spent a number of years doing this shuttle diplomacy between these IT departments and marketing departments at large companies. And it was just so fascinating on one hand to see how they were living in totally different worlds. They spoke different languages, they had different incentives. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that they were like, um, you know, there was any sort of like intentional hostility between them. It's just, they just didn't understand each other. They didn't know how to work together. And at the same time, while that dynamic was very clear, it was also very clear that, okay, this is the way the world is going. I mean, you know, every business is going to become more and more digital. Marketing and IT are going to become really deeply entwined. And so that's when I got fascinated by this, this emergence of initially how these teams collaborate, but also just even like a, a, a new breed of professional. Like we were starting to see these people who had technical backgrounds they'd worked in IT or they'd worked in software or something like this, going to work for the marketing department to help the marketing department understand how they could work with more technical teams and how they could, you know, uh, harness, uh, you know, these technical capabilities for their needs. And so that, 
that was the seed for the Chief Martech blog. Um, was at one point someone had made a remark of like, oh, you know, there's a chief marketing officer, there's a chief information officer, there should be like a chief marketing technologist who, you know, sits between them. Uh, and so that was the, the, uh, the catalyst uh, for the blog. <laughs> yeah, we have been interviewing some other uh, people from the marketing industry, and I have seen that most of them come from like a tech background, and then they start working in marketing roles. So, yeah. Yeah, 10 years ago, that was very rare. But yeah, now you, you see a lot of that because people who have that background, um, you know, there's just so much they can do uh, to contribute, uh, you know, to the marketing team. Yeah, definitely. And then we know that you didn't stop there, uh, but you expanded it to a yearly conference that is called the MarTech Conference. And how did you launch this endeavor? Yeah, so the credit for that conference goes to a company called Third Door Media. Uh, that uh, they were the folks behind. They did a search marketing conference called SMX. Uh, they they run a like several publications like Marketing Land and Search Engine Land. Um, and so yeah, the CEO there that, uh, approached me as the chief marketing technologist blog was really starting to gain a lot of momentum about launching an event together because. Um, Running an event is a, uh, producing an event is kind of a world unto itself. Uh, and so certainly, uh, yeah, beyond my, uh, beyond my domain of expertise. Uh, and so, yeah, we collaborated together and launched that in 2014. I remember the first event we held in Boston uh, in, it was in August, uh, six years ago. Um, I mean, the event sold out uh, in a matter of weeks. Like we had no idea if anyone was going to come to this. I mean, like, uh, marketing technology conference what's that um yeah and so like it sold out in the first few weeks and like whoa wait what happened here um and so yeah it's really been a joy uh, uh working with them on, on on growing that conference it's it was unfortunate here in 2020 that yeah you know all the in-person conference stuff uh, obviously uh, had to go on hiatus uh but um i think the thing that was most exciting to me about that was you know, the, the presentations and, you know, getting people together and all that. I mean, it was great, but it was seeing this new profession of people who are a little bit more technically oriented working in marketing, who quite frankly felt a little bit isolated. Like this was a new kind of profession, a new discipline. And to see these people like all gathered together in one place and say, oh yeah, this is what you do. You know, I've always wondered about someone I, I ask each other questions and getting advice. And it's just like, it's, it's such an amazing thing to see those communities take shape. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't think I can take credit for that, but I, uh, I am amazed by, uh, yeah, the, uh, the community that uh, came together there. Well, yeah, sounds amazing. We would love to, attend one of your conferences in the future. <laughs> yes, I'd love to have one in the future too. Hopefully that will come, <laughs> come together. <laughs> okay, now I, I would like to ask you about uh, your work at HubSpot. So how did you join HubSpot and what does your day-to-day -day look like as a, as a VP platform of an ecosystem? Yeah, uh, platform ecosystems are kind of uh, a, a, a new role too. Um, 
So I'd known the HubSpot uh, founders uh, really from the beginning, uh, you know, uh, based here in Boston. Uh, in fact, actually, uh, I, I, I went to um, uh, graduate school uh, with Darmesh Shah, one of the co-founders there. So it was always great, like just, you know, watching the, how they grew that business. Um, you know, now because I was doing things like, uh, you know, that blog around chief marketing technologist, one of the things I kept writing about was the fact that, okay, it's great that you've got all this innovation of all these, you know, uh, startups uh, in the marketing tech space. But as we talked earlier, the challenge was, you know, for most marketers, like it was just really hard to integrate this stuff. And to be honest, most of the larger MarTech companies didn't make it very easy either. They sort of looked at it as like almost those folks were competitors, um, you know. And so for a long time, I was like, listen, the you don't want to look at these as competitors. You want to look at them as like complementers. You want to like turn this into a platform play. And instead of trying to like, you know, oppose all of these startups and innovations, find some sort of way to like bring them into, you know, the value proposition of what you're offering customers. Uh, and so I, I, I kept writing about this for years, <laughs> largely annoying, uh, I'm sure, most of the larger companies in the process. Uh, and then, yeah, Brian and Darmesh approached me, uh, you know, at one point, I'm like, okay, you keep talking about this. Do you want to, like, come to HubSpot and see if we can actually make that happen? Uh, and so for me, I, uh, that was kind of like a, you know, you had me at a hello moment is, um, uh, you know, I mean, HubSpot's a great company and I, I love the mission I've been doing there. Um, but even at a higher level, it's just like feeling like there's starting to become this momentum in the broader MarTech space to bring more coherence uh, to how these things work together. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I, 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 I love that. Um, so yeah, my day-to-day day -day at HubSpot is uh, mostly about the evolution uh, of the program, uh, you know, to how do we attract app partners, how do we make sure they're successful, uh, you know, when they build in our environment? How do we get them uh, distribution, uh, you know, within our customer base? Uh, I get a partner with a number of really amazing people on the product side at HubSpot as they're looking at how do they evolve what's possible uh, for third-party developers to build on the HubSpot platform. Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> never, never a dull moment. Great. And given this, a coronavirus situation. How has the team at HubSpot adapted to working remotely? And are there any challenges that you have faced and any advice that you will give to in, to other businesses? Yeah, it's been, I mean, <laughs> for all of us, right? 2020 has been a really uh, interesting year. Um, so one thing that HubSpot had going for it is even before the pandemic, it was really starting to develop uh, support for like remote employees, uh, you know, because we've kind of been seeing this trend that, you know, uh, the technology makes it possible, you know, for people to work from anywhere uh, and talent, you know, is distributed globally. Uh, and so I think HubSpot was already in the process of saying, oh yeah, well, we'll have remote employees and here's how they work. And they, they were being very thoughtful about how to integrate them with the rest of the company, uh, you know, so they, they felt a part uh, of these teams. And so when the COVID uh, crisis exploded, I mean, yeah, it was definitely a bit of a, a shift to say, okay, now suddenly everybody is a remote employee. 
But because they had those mechanisms in place for it, the transition inside HubSpot actually happened pretty quickly. I would say within a matter of like a couple of weeks, um, yeah, from just a company operations perspective, it was largely, uh, uh, you know, um, yeah, just almost hard to have told the difference, you know. Now, of course, personally, like, you know, each of us, I think, still had to go through our adaptation process of like, you know, living in our basement or, you know, wherever for a while. And uh, I, I still don't know if I fully adjusted to that. I'm, I'm looking forward longingly to the day when, uh, yeah, we get back to, you know, more interaction out in the real world. Um, but yeah, I think HubSpot uh, adapted very quickly. You know, I think HubSpot's been fortunate that, um, you know, I mean, there's challenges for so many businesses right now, you know, with the uncertainty around COVID. But at the same time, you know, I think there's also this very strong realization among businesses who had been slowly making the transition to more digital marketing and digital engagement with customers. Under the pandemic of this year, it's like so many companies had to, they really had to like start to speed up their approach to like engaging people that way. And I think even more broadly, people realize like, okay, even once this crisis is passed, there's a lot about this just, you know, new way of digital engagement that is going to be a part of the new normal. Um, and so, yeah, while there's definitely challenges on one end, I think, uh, you know, HubSpot's been lucky that's also in a position to, to, to be helping companies, uh, you know, with this trans transition. So uh, it's definitely keeping us busy. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Now, Andia, uh, we'll ask you some other questions, too. Yes. Hello, Scott. Uh, I am so glad to finally meet you after reading so much of you. And yeah, so <laughs> we've seen over the last decade that uh, mark tech waves uh, have been increasing and undergoing for the last couple of years, especially amongst uh, SaaS offerings. According to your numbers, more than 8,000 of mark tech companies exist today. So what will you say is driving the growth of the industry and accelerating the adoption of these tools? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I look at it from two sides, uh, supply and demand. Uh, you know, so on the supply side, you know, the past 10, 20 years have been really remarkable between uh, cloud infrastructure, like, you know, AWS and Azure and Google Cloud, uh, all these open source platforms and frameworks, uh, you know, distributed engineering talent, you know, that's available, you know, anywhere throughout the world. Um, all these things have served to make it uh, to really lower the barriers to entry. I mean, to be honest, almost anyone now, I mean, you've got like all these no code tools, you've got this, anyone now who kind of has an idea of, hey, I think I've got a better way to do this, or, ooh, there's this unserved need, you know, they can turn around and they can create a software business. Um, and so not surprisingly, uh, yeah, what you've now seen is this just explosion in the number of software businesses created. I mean, if you follow something like, you know, Product Hunt uh, or something like that, right? I mean, it's like every day there's all these new announcements of new products and new businesses. And so supply side, yeah, that, that's, that's why we see so many started. 
Now, that being said, you know, in order for them to sustain, they have to have someone on the demand side who's actually buying all of this stuff, you know. And again, I think it's a confluence of several factors. Um, uh, you know, one is, yeah, we are just shifting to uh, the way in which marketing engages, uh, you know, with customers is through digital channels. And these digital channels, right, they keep changing and evolving. I mean, you know, <laughs> things like, uh, you know, I mean, like, you know, uh, you know, first it was Google search and then Facebook and then Twitter, uh, you know, but nowadays, right. I mean, all these more specialized platforms, you know, are we delivering things like over the top, you know, on, uh, you know, TV or, you know, we've got devices, you know, do I have skills in Alexa. I mean, it's just this incredible explosion. And so marketers, you know, we're pretty simple, right? Like we go where the audience is and we go where our customers expect. Uh, and so as, you know, our audience keeps going to these new channels and their expectations of what's possible in digital engagement keep rising higher and higher, we as marketers, we're just looking for solutions to be able to reach them and engage them. And so you get that kind of perfect match of all these software people. It's really easy for them to come up with these things and go after that. And marketers are like, hey, listen, if this will help me get more customers, if this will help me, you know, grow my, uh, you know, pipeline. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Uh, and so, yeah, between the two, you've had this, uh, yeah, pretty uh, rapid uh, and exponential growth of this industry. Yeah. And uh, pre-COVID, uh, you had predicted that the MarTech industry would go into a bit of a slump this year before bouncing back on a 10-year growth spree. So uh, what do you think now? Is this still true? And how is the current situation affecting the industry right now? Yeah. So, you know, I, I was just joking with someone that, uh, you know, uh, particularly bloggers like me, right? You know, like every year at the end of the year, we're always kind of pressured to like, all right, what's your predictions for what's going to happen next year? Um, and I always hate that because I'm like, man, predicting the future is hard. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously the way 2020 turned out is like anyone who had any predictions for this year was completely wrong. Uh, like none of us saw this coming. So um, I, 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 I will take a certain amount of humility. It's just, it's, the future is hard to predict. Um, that being said, I think, I think the MarTech industry is going to largely stay on its same trajectory uh, here for a while. And it's because there is that tension we were just talking about with HubSpot of, yes, the macroeconomic environment has a lot more uncertainty. Uh, and I mean, I think we all hope we've seen the worst of this, but we may not have. Um, uh, but then at the same time, yeah, I mean, the, the momentum is all in the direction of saying, how do we come better at running digital businesses and engaging audiences through digital touch points. And that's really what the MarTech industry uh, is all about. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there, there, there will still likely be a bit of a dip here, a recalibration, but um, I am bullish that the next 10 years we'll see a lot of growth in this industry. Yeah, that's very interesting. And on some final thoughts, what kind of advice would you give out to young entrepreneurs looking to make a dent in the market tech landscape? Ah, wow. Um, you know, I think mm, I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, had, a, had a bit of that experience myself. And I think, you know, 
The most important thing is to make sure that you're really clear about what customer either pain point or opportunity you're addressing. Um, I think sometimes in the technology tech startup world, we can, you know, start to go down these directions of we're inventing solutions to things that actually most people don't even think of as a problem. You know, and sometimes that works out, you know, like sometimes you see the, you know, uh, unicorn breakthrough that, but for the most part, yeah, if you want to have a reliable path to growing a new business, it's just making sure you really understand the customer challenge uh, that you're addressing um, and then very much build to that. Uh, I think that increases your odds as much as anything can to uh, being able to build something successful. Yeah. And we also know that you recently launched your new podcast called The MarTech Show. Can you tell us a little bit about more about this new initiative and where we can go tune in? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, yeah, I kind of joked when I announced it that, you know, uh, like everybody else stuck in their basement, I'm going to start a podcast too. Um, but uh, it's a little bit different than a podcast. It's almost kind of like a half webinar, half podcast. Like I want to get this blend of, you know, some educational content, uh, but also then some interactive discussions. And uh, uh, I think I even promised a little bit of improv comedy. We'll see if we can live up to that. Uh, but the idea is to try and get people together to learn and discuss and, and have a little bit of fun with this. Um, so we're launching the initial show uh, Friday, August 21st. Uh, you can interact live uh, through the Zoom. There's a link on my uh, uh, blog to, you know, sign up to join on that. Uh, but then, of course, once it's, you know, recorded, we'll also push it out through all the channels. Uh, so looking forward to it. Wow, that's really nice. I'm definitely going to be... Uh, here in that podcast. Awesome. All right. My first subscriber. Thank you. <laughs> thank you again for making the time to talk with us. Yeah. Thank you for uh, the interview. I really appreciate it. Thank you, fellow birdies, for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy it. See you next week for more amazing content that will help you get through your marketing journey. Until then, wings up and fly, my fellow birdies.